Oh, good morning, universe. It's 4.35 p.m., so saying good morning's a bit. Well, the word of this segment of podcasts has been gratuitous, and that surely was a fitting example. But, I mean, we're only four hours and 36 minutes now past that oh-so-magical time of noon when morning switches to night, or whatever. Obviously, my brain's not really working very well now. Uh, The five grams of mushrooms was perfect. And to make it clear, since it wouldn't be, since it's four in the afternoon, ah, I took them last night. And, uh, took them right about 11, 11.30, and, uh, was up until 7, and, uh, probably up later than that, really, before I really fell asleep, and then I woke up, I don't know, an hour ago, half hour ago, <coughs> oh boy, hang <coughs> on, okay, sorry, so, this round was way more colorful. I mean, the colors were just spectacular. And, uh, and the, um, the drill down, the sort of, I don't know, the floating into the machinery, the, uh, the reinforcement of thought as it, as it fountains back into itself. The idea of a fountain is a really core part of creation the the thought of recycling energy that then flows back up, ascends, and then drops down to start the process all over again. And that... You want to come in here or what? Well, come in here. Well, shit, dude, I don't know. Let the dog drink. And you can go. Um, I believe it's a toroid. Whatever the donut-looking thing is. And, uh... And that's the, that is the, the building block from uh, the universe. It's the one that rotates over itself like that. Just like a donut constantly inside outing itself. But, so I was, and I was immersed in the geometry of all of that. I love when my head can go uh, straight geometry in the, in the hallucinatory state. And I, you know what? I I would say I spent a lot of this round listening, or I'm sorry, not listening, but in the silence of it, trying to find the the downtime of the, well, not the downtime, I don't mean, because there are mood swings where the, the, the effect of the mushrooms comes in waves, it, it, it ebbs and flows in strength and, and weaken patterns, so I'm not talking about that. But what I am talking about is trying to quiet everything, almost get into a meditative state while shrooming. See if I could see if I could black out the entire. And you can't because as soon as you close your eyes, you just consume a geometry and color. But you can use the geometry and color that kaleidoscope effect to create the toroid field of 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 patterning to just like a Mandelbrot set, constantly flow into yourself. 
And if you can do this with your thoughts, it's like it cleans your thoughts. It, it purifies them. And so for the longest time, all I was doing was center channeling everything. And I kept lifting one of my arms like as if to shake someone's hand with my hand perfectly uh, perpendicular to the floor and zeroing in on the center of the universe. I mean, it was phenomenal. And I kept finding myself having cleaner and cleaner thoughts. And I've never had these sorts of... Mm, it's like the clean burps almost. Or, or even sense that the odor of the universe felt cleaner this time. Everything felt more purified. It was, it, it's, a, it's bizarre because the colors were off the charts. It was like staring into 15 4th of July festivals all at once. But everything else almost felt sterile. Sterile the right word? Not sterile, but uncontaminated. As if I was the first one walking into a pristine thought or a pristine concept. And because I was the first one there, it was available in its, in its naive or nubile capacity. It was there to be cultivated and, 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 and I wasn't, it, it's not like that was the intention. It wasn't like, ooh, look at this. Here's some young thing I can turn into something of my design. That wasn't it. It was as if I was seeing things emerging in the early stage of what they were to become. And I was able to, because I was there at that point of the development, I was able to appreciate all the potential that was there, the clean potential, the non-contaminated potential of everything. I know that sounds fucking weird, right? Well, mushrooms are fucking weird sometimes. And the way they were the weirdest this time, and oh my God, did I ever have some fantastic sub-journeys in my own giggly, transmuted form. At one point, I laughed out so long and so hard, I started to think I was going to throw up from laughter. I was just, I mean, I was, I was gut-wrenchingly laughing for a good two to four minutes. That's not easy to do. And it was, it was over this crescendo of thoughts that finally came together with about nine vectors all just going bam in the funniest collision of concept. There's no way to recreate it, so I'm not even going to try. That I just burst. It was like I could feel the laughter coming up through me. And as all the vectors started to point right at each other and collide, I just started laughing like ha 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 as loud as I could. And I swear to God, I kept trying to stop, but it was so funny I couldn't stop. I'd never see. I'd never had ever had so many thoughts come together so funnily at the same time. Uh, and then when it was mostly over, still a little bit of Tracer Peaks or whatever, but I'm clearly down. I'm actually listening to my podcast at this point. Well, my dog, like a volcano, eruptively barfs. I mean, oh God, like destroyed the bed. Uh... And then did it again. Like, boom. Ten second pause. Boom. Uh, so, I'm uh, about 75% down, 25% still tweaking. And my bedroom is covered 
in fucking barf. I mean, covered. There are still stains of it on my bed, on my bedside or whatever, my bed frame, the sideboard. There, I mean, it's just. It, now I think I know it was in the crack of my goddamn nightstand. Probably barf. Ugh. Oh, right. Oh God. And it's. No, I don't even know if it was light yet. It was. It was close. It was either five or six a.m. And. Uh, and that. That's. Probably the worst way to end a mushroom trip I've ever ever experienced and will ever experience. But the worst part of it. Was looking at my dog. I mean, again, I'm still a little bit high on drugs at this point. But it was like she looked at me and said, I don't want to do it anymore. And <laughs> I even have a one-minute recorded part where I thought today was the day my dog was going to have to go down. Watching her violently erupt like that. Well, I don't know if it's just something she ate because she seems to be a little bit on the mend. She's definitely still uh, tender. And uh, I still have a massive cleanup job, judging by the fuck that I'm not even going to get into. Let's just say that in a house where my tolerance for gross is pretty high, I am fucking grossed out. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I cleaned, up, cleaned her up and cleaned up the situation as much as I could, which now looking at my fucking sideboard means I missed that entirely. But... So now I've got a major cleanup project and unfortunately another another mile marker on my dog's journey to a respectable end. I don't think today's the day. In fact, I know it's not. There's no way I would go through with that today. And yet I know that that look in her face wasn't coincidental. It was the first time I'd really seen her say, maybe it's time. So, uh, I don't want to get all weepy over it. I already did that. But, uh, so that's how it all kind of came to a close. And I even chastised the universe for giving me such a, an insightful and balanced look at myself, followed by the devastating thought of losing my better self. And, uh, of course the cat didn't give a shit through all of it. I haven't seen the cat sleep so goddamn peacefully as she slept last night. Probably ever. Of course, I don't usually stay up all night to watch the cat sleep, so I'm probably judging that by about seven or eight other evenings to compare her to. But boy, was she ever content last night. And, uh, sometimes I think cats are uniquely clued into... The vibrations around them. Like me, I think they can be overwhelmed by the stress and negativity of daily life that humans can't help but bring into the environment. Because whenever I am at my least stressed, whenever I am the least involved in the equation, the most removed from being a part of whatever's going on, well, it just calms the cat the fuck down. Huh. I wonder if the cat looks at me like that stressed out motherfucker that's ruining her life. And I look at the cat like that pissy little fucker who can't get her shit together. And we're just like the north and south ends of the magnet. We're just built 
similarly, but to do life differently. Seems like I'm running into a lot of those people lately. People I feel I'm uh, I'm on a cosmic uh, game level with, but whenever I go look to see how they're playing the current section, they're off running in some part of the sandbox that I don't even have on my list of things to go investigate. I'm over here at the gun range trying to learn how to shoot because for a guy who never picked up a gun in life, that's always the hardest part of those stupid games. Being the sniper or whatever requires precision of joystick control and trigger control. Nope, give me a platformer with some jumps and some flips. I don't need to be zeroing in from some tower on some guy with a sniper rifle. In fact, that's kind of a sick thing when you think about it. That we've created virtual games that allow us to pretend kill our digitally generated versions of ourselves. I always thought it was a little sick. All right. Uh, have I... Oh, and another thing about the... Well, hold on. All right, I'm too far away. If I cough, I'm sorry. I'm across the room from the phone. <coughs> sorry. But I always have the same mushroom... Okay. I'm trying... I, I want to describe this visual specifically. Because what what I what I listen when I listen to music, a lot of times what I'll get is I'll get like a like a plane, a plane meaning a plane of existence, not an airplane. So imagine that from your chin, for infinity all around you at that pl flat plane is is the light show. This is perfect, like a laser light show. You know how sometimes if you're at a concert and they've created the smoke effect or whatever and the lights start moving back and forth through the zone, when they hit flat and it's directly like lit, there's no effect, it's just light coming at you, and then it goes back down and you see the laser again in the smoke and then it hits your light or your eye again and it's flat and then it goes above. Okay, so that's that plane exists in your hallucinations as your eyes are closed because everything that's being... Uh, drawn as it were in your head is moving in a in a rotational pattern around or above and below or in and out of this planar of plane of existence as it were i know i am making this much more confusing than i want to my point is there is a geometrical sort of configuration that whenever i'm listening to madonna shows up and it only shows up for madonna and it is like, and it's always the bottom part of the plane that's active, which is unusual because most of the time I'm hallucinating, I'm either getting that machine grind or I'm getting play from above the plane, almost dancing up into the ether. But Madonna is always below. And maybe this is because she's a baritone or whatever female singer. She's a low voice singer. So maybe that's just the reaction I'm having. But I don't know because I listen to a lot of other singers with similar uh, range. Jem or, you know, whatever. There's a lot of them out there that sing at Madonna's range and I don't get this effect with anybody else. And I've gotten this since I was in college. It's Madonna. And it's, it's, a, it's a signature of almost every hallucinatory trip I've ever been on because at some point I put Madonna on. 
And this was the first time I realized that I have an associative hallucination that ties strictly to her. And I, I, I love Madonna's music, I'll admit it. But to have connected her to the hallucinatory realm with a direct vibrational consistency, well, it was sort of like those machine dives. Like that, that motion felt like something that was communicating to me. And I don't know how to put it any other way, but <laughs> I've always had a trippy-ass mental head relationship with Madonna. From my dreams to my hallucinations, she shows up in signature ways. And I, I do not know why. I have no connection to Madonna whatsoever. Hang on, pause. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about brainwashing. Because I have never met Madonna. Obviously, the way media works today, we've all met Madonna. Um, and, <coughs> sorry, hold on. Whoa. <coughs> okay, well, I had made it through that entire first 17 and a half minutes with, uh, without doing any of my pregame warm-up routines. So I've now done all of that. Blowing my nose, especially. Um, uh, God, it's gross in here. Oh, oh, man, I have a major cleaning project. I'll probably record for another four hours if I know my aversion to cleaning meter. It will probably find ways to chat about the love of catnip that my cat has rather than cleaning up all the... Ah! No, it won't. Um, okay. Huh. Uh, let's see. Oh, Madonna. All right, never met her. Never been to her concerts. Never seen her physically in person or even been in an airport where <gasps> Madonna's over in gate B4. Nope. Nothing like that. <laughs> um, and I was on an airplane with James Brown, like fucking James Brown <sighs> in a purple suit, no less. But, um, Madonna has to be. Yeah. Well, other than a shark, Madonna is the most common recurring character in my dreams. I've probably had a hundred dreams with Madonna in them, and yeah, ten of them have been fuck dreams. Madonna has fucked me in my dreams numerous times. And, uh, and a couple of them are just, well, one of them is, is the most embarrassing moment of my life that I don't know if I should be embarrassed by because nobody reacted to it, but... I'm on a uh, high school trip between my junior and senior year to Europe with uh, 12 or so uh, co-classmates. And uh, and as the trip uh, forms, you end up on a bus with another four or five, 12 groups or groups of a dozen kids from Michigan and North Carolina or wherever. And so on a bus full of 40 to 60 high school kids, and their chaperones, which means probably 10 total teachers or parents. Well, I had a wet dream as a 16-year-old on a bus sitting next to another 16-year-old. And it was about Madonna. I woke up covered in, my shorts were covered in cum. I mean, nobody has ever mentioned that to me my entire life. So, as far as I know, I got away with it. 
or it's the one time the universe said, let's not uh, pick on him for that. I, I mean, it's one of those, you wake up and you're thinking, oh my God, my shorts are covered in cum. And it's not like I hadn't had a wet dream. I'm a 16-year-old boy. So I knew what had happened. And I also knew I had just dreamt that I'd fucked Madonna. <sighs> so discreetly to the bathroom I go to fucking vigorously try to clean off cum with toilet paper on blue shorts. I remember them. They were navy blue shorts. And I'm just making the situation worse and worse. And little pilling toilet paper balls are now rolling up in my cum-stained shorts. And it's just a mess. So I'm sure at that point somebody probably figured it out. But, so there was there was one time when Madonna came in and poked me in the eye. But I think I got away with it. I can remember being so confused about a dream I woke up in New Hampshire that I really thought Madonna was in the room. <laughs> I mean, I was talking to her. I was, I, I mean, the dream was so vivid and so my goddamn bedroom. The lucid dream was just too real that when I was phasing in and out of coming awake, I kept looking to find Madonna. And uh, so, and Madonna has counseled me in my dreams. She's been a therapist to me in my dreams. She's been a business uh, uh, consult in my dreams. She has been everything from uh, a friend on a bungee cord uh, uh, exhibition to somebody who's leading the tour at the museum. I mean, Madonna shows up in my dreams all the time. And, uh, and I do love her music, but I, I can't, I can, I can think of like, well, I can think of all the early videos, Cherish and Like a Virgin and, uh, and Material Girl or whatever. You know, like that was the time when Madonna was visually in my life. But since, since what? Uh, I want to say Like a Prayer? I haven't even really seen much Madonna, except whatever news clips she runs through. I don't pursue Madonna material. I don't actually even really know what Madonna looks like today. Oh, I have seen that video hung up. So if that's what she's looking like today, well, then that's what my image of Madonna, I'm sure, in my next dream will be. But it's, it's such a connection that A, I'm never surprised to see her in my dreams. In fact, lots of times I have real conversations with her because I do recognize that she's in my dream. And I have gotten some chunks of good life advice from Madonna in my dreams. So, okay, hang on. I'm eating this chocolate thing. It's pretty good. Hold on. All right, so much like the Campbell Lionesses, which are these recurring 12, 14-foot, elegant, graceful, you know how that thing in Fifth Element kind of floats down the, the uh, theater, the blue thing that's going to sing? That's kind of how they move. I mean, you can see them walking. I don't want to pretend they move like a machine, but they move with that sort of fluidity. And the whole thing's fluid. Like, they just move in this, I don't know, like a ribbon. But they, uh, they are my dream nemesis. Well, they're, my, they're like my dream... Hmm, they're like my dream big brother. 
So like I'm a little brother to the CIA. I'm also a little brother to these camel lionesses. And I'm probably a little brother to Madonna, except she fucks me. So that's like that brother-sister porn shit. But let's forget about Madonna. If the camel lionesses, well, no, let's not forget about Madonna. Because the camel lionesses were always, they, they usually would appear in my freaky dreams, right? Like where I'm in Egypt or I'm on planet Zendar or I'm in space on a ship looking out at the sun and there'd be the camel lionesses or wherever, you know, it would never be I'm at Walmart and they're walking through buying dog food. So <clears throat> they would always be in my, what I'll call my movie theater ticket dreams, right? The ones that you're like, wow, I had some sweet ass dreams last night. And, um, and yet Madonna is always, if, if anything, is in my pedestrian dreams. I'm in therapy and Madonna's the therapist. I am uh, going to see uh, somebody about a business opportunity and Madonna's the person I'm going to see about this business opportunity. Or, you know, she just shows up in, in my more, in all my regular dreams. And so it's, it's an argument for the, the creation of our own mythology inside of our limited uh, subconscious states. Or am I directly connecting with Madonna's energy when I go off into La La Land? And are these camel lionesses that keep recurring and giving me wisdom that I don't know I have? How can you, how can you teach yourself things in your dreams that you can't teach yourself in your waking life? That you don't feel like you even had access to in your waking life? That you learned coming out of your dream state? Could the brain work like that? Sure, I guess, right? Maybe... Uh, wait, hold on, I'm about to cough. Maybe your... I mean... I've argued that if I could go back and relive my life, I'd see all these signals that I missed about different things that I now understand that took me, it feels like, 50 years to understand. Could I have known them at 22 if I'd have seen all the right signals? I think I could have. In fact, I think that's why so many of us advance at varying rates. We don't know what signals we are really looking for versus the signals that we're paying attention to. And so we can get uh, all discombobulated in what we're actually what we think we're pursuing versus what we should be pursuing. And, uh, and I was caught in that swirl for too long. Um, so it makes me think if I went back and relived my life, I would see a whole different palette of, of influence that would turn me into a person of a completely different character at a much younger age than what happened this time around. Maybe that's the whole point of reliving your life. If you knucklehead out, you got to go back and at least not knucklehead out. Um, and if anybody knuckleheaded out, this guy did. But having at least been given this chance to relive the end of my life without being a complete knucklehead, a lot of that comes down to those goddamn camel lionesses. So, sure, maybe I could not, in my conscious waking state, listen to the wisdom that my subconscious mind was picking up left and right. And so finally it had to come at me in my dreams with some figure of intrigue in the, on planet Zendar. Like, I couldn't help but think, well, these creatures, I mean, if they're telling me stuff, it's got to be important, right? I mean, it's not like it's Madonna telling me that I got to go out and get more exercise. <laughs> no, no, this is, this is cosmic shit. And I can see where my brain would have to do that to me. Because I'd be so thick-headed as to not listen to any of the messaging that's right there to be seen.
<sighs> but I never fucked the Camelion S's, so maybe these two aren't connected at all. <laughs>